Nobody told me you could die like this. Nobody told me you could die from bliss. Yeah. Nobody told me. Nobody told me. We never ever saw it coming. No, no. Live it up, live it up. Nobody ever told us we could die like this. Live it up, live it up. Nobody ever told us we never saw it coming. No, no. Live it up, live it up. Welcome one and all to the No Good Podcast. My name is John Lewis and I will be your host. My goal is to start a dialogue that will lead us to a better understanding and the truth about who we are and our successes, mistakes, and beliefs and how those things can play a significant role in shaping our identities that exist in today's society. For the record, there is nothing special about me. Like your average Joe, I'm your average John. The only difference between the only difference is that I have amassed a multitude of knowledge from several sources in my life and continuously use it to convey a better understanding for all. My life experiences include military service, a minister, 20 plus years as a registered nurse and an author. To get a better glimpse about my early life experience, I would suggest you go to my website, nokum.net. That's N-O-K-M-N.net. Or simply go to Amazon and look for the book, The Enemy Within by John Lewis. The Nokum website will also allow you to sign up for CPR classes. But while there, please check out my store for the latest apparel of the Nokum brand. But enough about me. Let's dig into the foundation of the truth. No One Knows My Name is an acronym I created where my vigorous studies could not produce the name of our creator. I know some tend to believe in a few names given to us throughout our history. However, a true response can only be achieved when the recipient, or shall I say the owner of the name, is readily identified. But to keep things simple for now, I think it's better to start with the basics. Before I begin today's episode one, I would like to remind all the listeners that the Nokum website accepts donations. If you enjoy the message and the episode's Feel free to donate at least a penny for your thought, and I can guarantee you that you will receive what you will receive is more than what you bought. Now, on to today's episode. I'm the host, John Lewis, and as always, I'd like to give a quick reminder of the website, nokum.net, N-O-K-M-N.net, where in the near future, you can go for CPR certifications, Nokum Apparel, a copy of my book, and hopefully many more products to come. You also will have a chance to catch up on any episodes you may have missed or just revisit for clarity. And lastly, please feel free to leave a donation if you enjoy the message and its content. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Some years ago, when I first started my quest for the truth, I began to evaluate my relationship with our creator. I wanted to make sure that I was on the right track in the right atmosphere, surrounded by the right people, and most of all, possessed a clear understanding of my relationship with my creator. My quest led me down a lonely road that resulted in two specific questions that I had to find the answers to. So I proposed the question to myself initially, but realized I don't know everything and maybe it will be more beneficial 
for me to start the conversations with others to hopefully reach a genuine consensus. I am not a social media guru, at least not enough to know which social platform will yield the best results. So I'll post it first on Facebook. What's the one thing on earth we can't live without? Hmm. The responses were limited and vague. Most emojis were with shock and heavy concentration. Not filling the room, I just changed the messenger and thought, maybe I could begin with the people I know. Surely they will respond with something reasonable. I altered the question a little to see if I could narrow the answers to at least obtain some responses. What is the one resource on earth we can't live without? Finally, I got a response. The first was each other, and the second was water. Both answers were understandable, however, not correct. Then I began to get a flood of confused emojis followed by anger. Well, my question is too thought-provoking. Honestly, the only way we can find the truth is by asking the questions for which we have little to no truthful answers that exist. We have the basic instructions before leaving Earth, but it does not answer all the questions. Just for the record, I think we have answered a lot of the questions being that we first started out worshiping trees in the sun. And at this point, I think we have advanced enough to ask and seek an answer to the deepest of questions. So for that process, I had to go a little deeper. And this is where Nokum comes in. He took me a little deeper. He took me to the basic elements. I mean, really basic elements. Because I altered my question about being the most important resource on earth. The first important resource on earth, which is the second question, actually, but then again, it's the first question, actually, is the most important resource in our history. The most important resource on this earth is probably the most important resource in our history. I will tell you it's not water. I would also tell you it's not oxygen, since it's what most people think of. It's not to say that the two aforementioned things aren't important to life. It's just that those things are a byproduct of life, and I seek to address life itself. The most important resource on Earth, the one thing we can't live without, is actually salt. I know, you're probably looking towards the kitchen table right now. He can't be talking about salt. Yes. Salt. If you like, I can shake. If you like, you can shake a little bit in your hand and taste it. I'm just doing that for clarification purpose so I cover all the bases. So why is salt so important? The only thing we can't live without. I would love to take you through all the math, but that might take a while. So I'll give you what I do know. As a registered nurse, I've had the privilege of being exposed to a lot of things. It helped me realize that even when dealing with the basics, we understand certain things don't take place unless there is an outside interaction of some type. However, some things stand alone. Or a better word to convey, it exists. Think for a second. Rocks exist. Grass exists. Trees. I can go on for an eternity, but I have to stay the course and explain why salt is that important. 
The human body is a complex mixture of unified organs. Basically, they have their own functions that they must perform in order for the body to operate efficiently. In the medical field, we call this homeostasis. Not trying to get too deep in this portion of understanding, so let's get back on track and evaluate one, if not one of the most important organs in the human body, the heart. The heart is responsible for distributing blood to all major organs, including the brain. Without the heart, the body and its organs are useless. So how does the heart work? Hmm. Well, simply put, salt. Yes, salt. Two to be exact, sodium and potassium. The two salts work in tandem, like two magnets opposing each other, which results in an electrical charge that stimulates the muscles in the heart to expand, thus producing the heartbeat, which circulates blood throughout the body. Salt. <laughs> it is possibly the most abundant resource on Earth. However, I didn't do the math on that, so I may not be totally correct, but I'm pretty sure it's up there. So how and when did we discover the need and benefits of salt? Before I go into that, I must state that that same process our heart uses the sodium potassium for is the same process that takes place in almost all life. I know some like to group humanity with animals, but I can dive into that a little later. But first things first, let's get back to salt. Many, many, many years ago, a Macedonian leader was up late while others slept and realized that the animals were wandering off. So he followed them and realized they had treaded out a path to a bunch of salt rocks. They were seeking salt. The horses, like humans and all other animals, needed a degree of salt to survive. So long story short, humans began to mine the salt. Salt was so important to the Greeks that they actually used salt as a form of payment. They paid their workers in salt. So if you're not worth your weight in salt, is where the phrase came from. Salt was even traded for gold. It's like every civilization mined salt and bartered salt. If nothing else, we know that the Egyptians used salt for mummification. And we have discovered a whole bunch of mummies, which means that's a lot of salt. In addition, that also means a lot of wealth, but that is another topic for another day. So what do some of the older texts say about salt? I did ministry for about 10 years, and I studied the Bible extensively from front to back. I had paperbacks like most people got CDs. I have several versions, several concordance, Black Sea Scrolls, you name it. So what does the Bible say about salt? In Genesis 1926, if you don't remember the word, it's about God destroying Sodom and Gomorrah and giving clear orders to them to not look back. Well, Lot's wife looked back and God turned her into a pillar of salt. I know this sounds a little Debbie Downer, but at least he turned her into something useful. Mark chapter five, Jesus stated, we are the salt of the earth. And if the earth loses its salt, what else can salt it? I don't think I need to put any more emphasis on what Jesus said. Seems quite reasonable to me. Before I go astray, or before I stray too far away, let's remember we're talking about salt. That salt that controls the heartbeat of most of life as we know it. If I may ask, what are we doing with that salt, that heartbeat? 
We know what animals do with their heartbeat. They're doing the same thing they did when Adam named them. Surviving and trying not to be the next dish on our menu. I know some may be like, animals are very intelligent. Yeah. But when was the last time you seen two tigers in the woods playing dominoes? And more important, who is keeping the score? I'm pretty sure there is no reasonable answer for that. People often tell me that an asteroid killed the dinosaurs. Nope. What killed the dinosaurs was the fact that they did not keep records. So if you ask, what are you? So if I may ask, what are you doing with the heartbeat? Because we got plenty of records that remind us of exactly what we've been doing. Are you loving your brothers and sisters? It would seem to be the most important, reasonable thing to do. Otherwise, we just hate, cause destruction, deceive, confuse, displaying ignorance on every level. What you doing with that heartbeat? I mean, don't get me wrong. We all have our flaws and can improve ourselves. So why choose to do anything that opposes love? We do have some people who use their heartbeat for love, for good. Buddha, for example, said that the key to longevity in life was to get along with each other. But he's not the only one. There were others. Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Mother Teresa, and many, many more. Too many to name. I would also like to include Albert Einstein in that group. When asked about his beliefs in God, he replied that he does believe in God, but not the one most of us do. He said, my God of the universe would not be concerned with our foolishness. Hmm. Sounds about right to me. <laughs> what you're doing with your heartbeat. I wonder if that is what Nokum is thinking. This is the God of the universe. I call him Nokum. No one knows my name. What if he or she is just waiting for us to get along? Think on it for a while. And we'll convene a little later to check out some of the more specific topics that have to do with our heartbeat and how it may be impacting us on the quest for the truth. My own people own people, but they don't own that. They say racism dead, man, our president is black. Two terms in a White House, that don't mean jack. If we still believe our president ain't affected by our past. First class with a coach bag, I forgot when you start eating you